With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. going on everyone welcome into the fantasy pros dynasty football podcast presented by reality sports online my name is kyle yates and i'm your host i'm joined as always by ray garvin ray we're having some fun here tonight we've both got our workouts in for the night now we just get to sit down and we get to talk some football i feel like this is the dream man yeah man i'm all jacked up on mountain dew my pre-workout so i'm ready to go you just don't go for the uh like the energize or the like branded stuff you just go straight for the mountain dew yeah, Mountain Dew, that's all you need, maybe. That's all you need. Mountain Dew to get you going for your workout. I, I'm, I'm over here shadow boxing on the mic, Yates. I'm ready to go, man. <laughs> well, let's not waste any time. I got to say this, though, before we get into the wide receiver conversation. I mentioned on our last podcast that we contacted the winner for the Justin Herbert signed uh, full-size helmet giveaway. We have not heard anything back yet, and so I'm just urging you, if you have not, Check your email yet, please do so, but then also check your spam folder just to make sure. Sometimes it can slide in there. Uh, we, If we don't hear back here soon, we will move on to another winner. So I want to make sure that who we chose gets that helmet. Uh, so again, just make sure that you check your email or your spam folder, just making sure that you don't have an email waiting from Fantasy Pros to tell you that you got a full-size sweet helmet from pristine auction uh, we do have another giveaway going on i did mention on our last episode that we have a travis etn signed football courtesy of pristine auction that we will be giving away it's the same same deal guys if you go over to apple podcast or Castbox, leave a review for the show a glowing review hit that five star I feel like we're doing a pretty good job. We could do some better things here or there, but I feel like we're doing a good job worthy of a five-star rating. Please leave that for us and then go over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Fill out the short form there and then attach a screenshot of that review and you will be entered to get that Travis Etienne signed football again courtesy of our friends at pristine auction all right ray we did part one of our wide receiver evaluations on this 2021 rookie class here on the last episode so if you have not listened to that listened to that please press pause go back and listen to that we are going to continue that same format we're going right into it here because we got a lot we got six superlatives that we have to get through in this episode so let's get cranking here we've got the best contested catch receiver in this entire class I'm going to throw it to you first. Who is the person that you that comes to mind immediately when you think of best contested catch receiver? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. I mean, what he does down the field when the ball is in the air, defenders draped around him, 
He's physical as hell. I mean, just the first thing that pops to mind, the first player that I see, the first receiver that I see is is Jamar Chase. He's incredible in that department. It's crazy too when you think about his size, right? Like he measured in at just over six feet or six foot flat and 201 pounds. Like you think that he plays as if he's six three, six four. No, he's able to still go up and high point the football. And that's evidenced by his 41 inch vertical jump that he had at the LSU Pro Day there. So really, uh, he's the guy that came to my mind too. You got to start the conversation there. As far as the best contested catch receiver, someone who a quarterback is going to feel completely comfortable just throwing it up in a 50-50 situation and knowing that that ball is now a 60-40, 70-30, you know, leaning in Jamar Chase's way that he's going to come down with that football most likely. So Jamar Chase there is my answer as well. I will throw in another name here, and that is Jonathan Adams Jr., the wide receiver out of Arkansas State. I brought him up here on our sleeper episode that we did here recently, talking about people are not talking a ton about Jonathan Adams Jr., standing at 6'3", 220 pounds, I think was his uh, official weight and what he weighed in at. This guy has an inc- incredible athleticism, huge broad jump, huge vertical jump, and then can go up and high point the football like very few other players. Like I think that Jamar Chase for the size and what he does, like, yes, absolutely. It's crazy what he's doing at his size, but you want some jaw dropping catches. You want those highlight reel. You know, we think of Julio Jones and AJ Green and Calvin Johnson. Like if you want that, as far as a contested catch receiver, go look at some Jonathan Adams Jr highlights there on YouTube wide receiver out of Arkansas state. All right, let's move on here. Let's go highest ceiling. Now, as we look at the overall class and we say in three years, let's fast forward three years from now, who reached the highest ceiling, who came out as the wide receiver one in this class, looking back to 2020 right now, people are going to say that's Justin Jefferson, right? Justin Jefferson is probably that player who we can look back and say, he was the winner of the highest ceiling superlative of the 2020 class. Now, who is that guy for 2021, in your opinion? Yeah, my bad, my bad. Okay, so I kind of took this like a little bit different, right? I, I, I was looking at the players to see if all the stars align for this guy, he could be the best wide receiver in this class. And I think that player for me is Jalen Waddle. And I know, I know, I know we get sick of hearing the next, the next, the next Tyreek Hill. But I truly believe that this is the player that compares if we're going to have a Tyreek Hill 2.0 or something anywhere near that Jalen Waddle is that dude I mean and we kind of talked about him on the last show um because I had him as my best field stretcher but you made a great point that he's just as good in the short area game with those smoke screens with those bubble screens with those quick outs with those with those slants like he's not the most polished receiver but, you know, three years from now, if we look back and say, man, Jalen Waddle just is an absolute game changer, it wouldn't it wouldn't be shocking to me. I mean, the talent is just he's just oozing with potential and talent. So if I had to say uh, a player who has the highest ceiling, if all things fire, I think that player is Jalen Waddle. Not going to disagree with you whatsoever there. Do you think that he is completely landing spot proof. You know, like we think of highest ceiling and for Tyreek Hill and everything that he is, you know, again, you just mentioned like Jalen Waddle and the Tyreek Hill comparisons. Would Tyreek Hill be the same player if he wasn't attached to Patrick Mahomes? Like, you know, it is Jalen Waddle compete completely landing spot proof, or do you think that he's really going to have to fall into a really good situation in order to reach that highest ceiling and be the best wide receiver in this class two years down the road? 
That's such a tough question, Yates, because, I mean, nobody was talking about Tyreek Hill's situation when he landed in Kansas right, City, right. right? It's one of those things where, you know, if I if I had to answer you right now, I definitely want to see where he lands and how that coaching staff is going to utilize his talents. I think with Tyreek Hill, it's the perfect blend of a coaching staff that uses a player to the best of their ability and a generational quarterback at the helm who doesn't mind chunking it deep. So, um, you know, if, if Waddle lands with Detroit Lions and he's got, you know, Jared Goff throwing to him or whomever, uh, I, I do think he's a bit landing spot dependent. And uh, after a couple of these wide receivers, I think a lot of them are landing spot dependent for for fantasy ceiling. Yeah, so I'm going to go with, you know, and you look at the the top four, you know, consensus players, and I think it's the same for both of us, where we have Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Rashad Bateman in some form, in some order there. So I think it would be easy to say any of these guys would have the highest ceiling. You know, like they're incredibly talented prospects, but I wanted to go a little bit outside the box here with answering this, and I wanted to say Dwayne Eskridge, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan. And I'm going to say that because I think it's all relative to where his, you know, consensus opinion is on him, like his ECR, his expert consensus ranking, which we do here at Fantasy Pros, it's outside the top 10 wide receivers in this class. So when I think of the highest ceiling, of course, I'm going to give the nod to one of those guys at the top that we talked about. But yet, in comparison to his floor and the consensus opinion on him right now, I'm going to say Dwayne Eskridge because I think that he can land in any situation and be utilized in a variety of different ways. He can be used as that field stretching option that we talked about on our last podcast saying that he can be the pure speed guy. He can open everything else up for an offense, or he can be utilized underneath in a system that relies heavily on rack on run after the catch ability. And he can just pick up that easy yardage with his speed. So I'm going to say Dwayne Eskridge here just because I think it's all it's all relative with the disclaimer. It's all relative to where his consensus opinion is now. But if you want to say, like, look ahead two years, a year down the road, who has the you know, who's considered the best receiver in this class? I'm going to say it's either Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think we'll be talking about Dwayne Eskridge on the on the next superlative. So I, I definitely think that he has a ceiling. Um, I also think he's got a pretty low floor and that's why, yeah, that's why for me, the lowest floor wide receiver for me is Estridge. Now that's taken into consideration that I do think he's going to get pretty good draft capital. Um, and when that happens during the NFL draft, he's going to be elevated in rookie drafts. He's going, his, his stock is going to increase. I mean, this is a player that, that, you know, (sighs) It took him a long time to get to this point. I mean, he was in college for, what, five, six years? Um, so he, he's a speed maven. He's got, he's, got, he's got good short area agility. He's got great acceleration. But he's a player that if, if he does not fire in that role, like early, I think he's a guy that could just be lost. We've seen these speed guys come in and just not, not materialize the way that we thought they could. Um, because he's not going to be some possession receiver. He's not going to be, well, at worst case scenario, he maybe can turn into Devontae Parker. I think he's either going to, he's either going to have to hit in that role in, in early, or we could not be talking about, I, I think the pendulum for Estridge is so far in either direction. Either he's going to be absolutely fantastic or he's going to be terrible. Like, I really think those are the two outcomes. I think he's either going to be really, really good, or he's going to stink, and there's not going to be any middle ground with him. 
That's a great point. I mean, we get to these guys in the second, third round of the NFL draft, and we continuously see it with first round receivers where they're given opportunity after opportunity to, you know, regain what they what the NFL thought of them. You know, we saw it with guys like Corey Coleman and Josh Doxson. You know, they they continuously got those second chances. In the second, third round, if you don't hit right away, if you aren't able to solidify your role on an NFL roster, then you're expendable. You can easily see them, the team bring in other players and other pieces. Like, for example, I mean, Denzel Mims. Like, we, Denzel Mims last year, second round pick out of Baylor, going to New York. And we talked about him saying, like, hey, he's going to have a quarterback upgrade. Like, his situation could drastically improve. And now, you know, he was looking to be the wide receiver one on that team. Now you've got Corey Davis in town. You've got you know, Keelan Cole. Jamison Crowder is still there. Now it's suddenly a crowded depth chart. And I'm, I'm, I still believe that Denzel Mims is going to be heavily involved and he's going to be relevant. But yet I'm just saying like the situations can change so much year to year. And that is part of the fun of Dynasty and what it brings. But yet, yeah, if you aren't able to solidify your role on a roster quickly, I do agree with you that there is a possibility that we look back in a year and say, you know what? He just wasn't able to hold on to that roster spot. The team had a ton of cap that he got drafted to had a ton of draft uh, um, a, uh, salary cap room, excuse me, the next year. And they brought in two high profile wide receivers, you know, in free agency. And now suddenly he's a depth piece. Yeah. I totally get it. Uh, the guy that I will bring up is Kadarius Tony. And this is for a little bit of a different reason where I think Tony is going to get the draft capital where he's continuously talked about in the back end of the first round, early second round, but yet it has to do with his usage and how I still think that he has a lot that he has to develop in. And we just did an NFL mock draft, a two round for the uh, fantasy pros football podcast, the main podcast here earlier today with some awesome guests. And I, in the second round, I took Kadarius Tony to Jacksonville with pick number 45 overall. And, you know, putting him with Urban Meyer and Urban Meyer loving speed and everything like this. Well, at that point, there's really not a clear role for him on the depth chart. And he's going to be kind of this like manufactured touches kind of guy. I think that there is a possibility that Tony, for everything that he is being built up to be. And he has his doubters, he has his naysayers, but yet for everything that he is being built up to be, there is a possibility that he never takes that official step forward to being a refined route runner and someone who you can rely on out of the slot. So I think lowest floor in this class is Kadarius Tony. I think that he has a very high ceiling, but yeah, I do say I really do have my reservations about Tony and his full term projection. Yeah. I mean, Tony's another one of those guys like, He's, he's not going to be a possession guy. These this class is filled up with slot receivers that they're either they're either going to be very very good for us in fantasy or we're just they're just going to be better NFL players and not really what we want for fantasy production. And I definitely think that Tony fits that mold. Um, you know, he did check in a little bit bigger and weigh a little bit more than I thought he would at his pro day. So mm-hmm. that bodes well for him. But yeah, man, it, you know, and we talked about this. We may have talked about this on the last show, but he's a player that he was a high school quarterback coming out. So he's just really learning the receiver position. So uh, we'll see how that development goes. But if he gets that early NFL draft capital, we're all going to expect him to produce early. And if that doesn't happen, things could get ugly real quick. There was a player that I was considering putting here for the lowest floor, and I didn't end up doing it because Tony seemed to like a little bit more obvious of an answer. But I want your opinion really quick on 
Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU, as far as I've classified him as a boom-bust prospect. Now, he has the every athletic trait that you look for. He has tremendous size. He can win on the outside. He can win from the slot. He was moved all around, and I talked about him as that best field stretcher, bringing in the, the point of his size and athleticism, but yet does have some drops that he has to worry about. He's not a refined route runner. He runs a little bit stiff uh, based on my evaluation. He is going to have to be utilized heavily downfield. Like, Do you think that it's fair to say that he has a low floor or do you feel personally that, you know what, Terrace Marshall, tremendous ceiling. And I don't really don't see that there's much downside to him to drafting him in your rookie drafts at all. Hell yeah. There's downside. I mean, I don't think he's some home run lock player either. I mean, I like him quite a bit and I know there's a ton of Terrace Marshall love floating around right now. That's why, that's um, why I talked about uh, it. It's crazy there, there, on it, Twitter it, right now. It, it just seemed like it happened out of nowhere. Um, I like the player. I think he's a very good player. I have him right outside of my top five, but I do not think he's some lock. And I do think that this, listen, every wide receiver that comes out of LSU is not the second coming of Randy Moss. It's just not, okay? So I think he's being propelled a little bit by that. And he's very talented. He was a highly touted high school prospect, but I do not think he's some can't miss prospect. No way. All right, perfect. So I wanted to include him there just because I do feel... Like the the uh, hype has gotten a little bit too far on yeah. Terrace Marshall, and I feel like my there are certain things like certain players that come out and the hype just gets crazy, and I feel like I am the one who is holding on to the Macy's Day balloon, you know, the parade, and that you got the huge balloons and stuff like that, and one of the ropes gets cut, and I'm just the one guy who is like hanging on as this balloon is like just flying away as the hype is just escalating. I feel like I'm the one guy who's like, no, let's not get too carried away here. I wanted to bring him up to see if you were if you were in that yeah. same camp there. So, uh, all right, let's move on to toughest evaluation here. Now, this was a really interesting one for the running back position that we talked about. There are some really, really tough evaluations in this wide receiver class, and it has a lot to do with the the you know prototypes that we've got in this class you mentioned a lot of slot receivers but there are some extenuating circumstances and we're going to talk about that with two of these guys here so who is your guy for toughest evaluation uh for me that was florida state wide receiver tamari on terry he was the the toughest eval for me because you go back and you look at what he did in 2018 and 2019 and you read all the reports about him being you know six foot three at one point, he was listed at 220 pounds with the potential that he can run a 4-3, 40-yard dash. Just freaky athlete. And I had said that multiple times that I thought he was just a freak athlete. But then he comes in smaller, much smaller than we thought he was. Not nearly as athletic as he was. And then he barely played in 2020. He suffered from the Florida State mess that had gone on over the past couple of years yeah and i just for me it's like i want to love the prospect of what he could become but he's smaller he's slower he's not as athletic as we all thought and there are questions about other things off the field to where it's hard for me to have tamari on terry like i don't even think he's a day two pick he's going to be a day three pick and there's going to have to be a lot of things that go right for Terry to get an opportunity to produce for us. So for me, I want to love the idea of this player and what I think he could become. But the reality is he's not the same player that I thought he was based on some of his measurables. And it made it really tough for me to to properly evaluate and rank him. I just finished writing up my Tamori and Terry uh, pro prospect profile. We've been doing extensive 
uh, rookie profiles over on fantasypros.com. I highly urge you to go check those out. You can find those over on my Twitter at KyleYNFL. I'm t- tweeting those out. We've got the top 50 prospects that you're going to need for dynasty purposes. And we're going in depth. It's got all my scouting notes and everything like that. And I wrote up Terry and I was saying like, as far as the projected draft range just one of the little headers in there, the categories. And I said like, legitimately, I don't know because there are a lot of extenuating circumstances here where you look at the fact that he left the program at Florida state this last year. It wasn't that he like completely just opted out or that he declared early for the, no, he like completely left the program. And so this is a situation where, okay, how do NFL teams view that? Because from the talent perspective, yeah, I think that he's worthy of a day two pick somewhere in that range. But yet now do NFL teams become concerned about that? You know, I think that, and I think that he's going to have to land in the perfect spot for him to be a top tier fantasy contributor. Now he's still 6'2", 207 was what he measured in at. That's still a really good size for an outside receiver. Like he's not 220, of course, and he ran a 444. That's still solid athleticism. It'll work. It'll play in the NFL but yet he's not definitely what we thought that we, he was listed at for all the reasons that you mentioned, but then also the off the field stuff where you just go, what was that situation that makes it a really, really difficult evaluation. I agree with you there. I'm going to go with Nico Collins, the wide receiver out of Michigan, Nico Collins, high recruit coming out of high school, uh, four star or five star recruit coming out and just put on a show at the Michigan pro day. Very, very athletic receiver. You see it on his tape all the time. Now I'm talking about him as a tough evaluation for me because the quarterback play was just atrocious with Shea Patterson. And I, we, I think we joked about it on a previous (laughs) podcast where I was like in my scouting notes for the summer, when I was watching Nico Collins, I said, need to see him play with a different quarterback than Shea Patterson, because it's so difficult. He gets open deep downfield or like he's in at least has the edge on that defender. And then the ball is just sailed on him by five yards or it's underthrown by five yards. And you're just like, okay, what's he supposed to do? I can't get an accurate evaluation of his ball skills, but there are the flashes. I just needed more of a sample size to be able to feel confident in his projection. Well, then he opts out of 2020 and I never get to see him play with another quarterback. So Nico Collins for me, very, very tough evaluation. I want to buy in. I want to buy into the flashes that I've seen on tape. I want to buy into the athletic profile, but yet I don't know if I can completely do that because I just don't have that sample size to lean back on. Yeah, and that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on 6'4", 215, you know, ridiculous athlete for his size and the fact that the Harbaugh handicap has relegated a ton of talented players to oblivion. So I'm just, that's what I'm banking on, but I, I, I definitely understand it is tough. I think it's tough evaluating any offensive skill position coming out of Michigan over the past couple of years, and it looks like for the foreseeable future. So um, tough, but I'll say this. I'd rather bank on Nico Collins at this point than Tamari on Terry. Before we keep talking wide receivers, I got to tell you guys about Reality Sports Online. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Have you tried it, though? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Everything from free agency to multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tag, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more can be found at Reality Sports Online. Do you think it sounds complicated, though? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league, 
It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, it's time to put it to the test with Reality Sports Online. You're still not sure, though? You can test out your general manager's skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. That's fair. I mean, again, you you saw the athleticism. You saw what he did at his pro day. Tremendous numbers there. So, all right, let's go with our, we've got just two more of these. We're, we're rolling here. Let's go with favorite day three wide receiver. Looking at the players that we know are going to go on day three. They're unlikely to make it in rounds two or three of the NFL draft. Let's say favorite day three wide receiver. And if this is the, are you sticking with the name that you've got on our sheet? No, I changed it. Oh, dang it. Okay. Well, I was going to say that you stumped me. I did not even know the name that you had there. So maybe if you want to just mention the name, but yeah, then Mike, I, Mike Strachan from the college of Charleston. He's, he's the player that I had on that list, a small school prospect that absolutely lit up his, his, his pro day workouts. Uh, he was, he was incredible at Charleston and he's a player that, you know, he's one of those guys where you probably won't even have to draft him in a four round rookie draft, but you can get him off of waivers. And I promise you, I will be adding him every single dynasty league that I'm in. So, uh, Mike Strachan from the college of Charleston. So just remember that name. I'll just give you props, man, because I've got like 40 to 50 wide receivers on my list of players that I'm, you know, scouting and I'm through 28 of them right now. Uh, I, he was not on my list at all. I had not, I had never even heard his name. So props there, man. Uh, okay. So who did you, who did you have? Yeah. Who do you have as your favorite day three wide receiver? So I switched it because if I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss fast. I'm not going to miss big and slow. And Mike isn't, isn't big or slow. He's not slow at all. But if I'm going to miss on a day three guy, I'm going to miss fast. And there aren't many faster than Auburn's wide receiver. Anthony Schwartz, uh, went out there and dropped a four, two, which, which what's crazy about that is people were disappointed in the four two because he is right, truly right. Uh, uh he has olympic speed right like truly he's he's that fast now he's not a refined route runner he's not the biggest wide receiver at 185 186 pounds but when you're just talking about an ability to stretch the field uh if he is picked you know round four round five i think he's going to find a role on an nfl team that role probably will not consist of a lot of target volume early, but seeing a player like Schwartz get on the field and utilize some of his speed, um, you know, he could be a guy that in a couple of years we're looking at as, as a nice, nice flex position play as a, as a deep threat option. So I really like Anthony Schwartz, who ran a 4-2-7, and people were very disappointed. Yeah, it's crazy that he runs a four two seven, and I mean, he was in the conversation for breaking the record. So, I, yeah. and when you watch his tape, that shows up. Uh, he's a big play waiting to happen. So, I think it's a little bit. What's his role? Is he going to be completely relegated to just nine routes, right, and just being that guy who opens everything else up for the offense, or is he more refined than that? And can he become more of a like scheme touches guy or a slot, even a slot receiver uh, that you can use to stretch the field out of the slot? So. Have some con- questions there, but that's the reason why he's going on day three. If you like, you said if you're gonna bet, uh, bet on speed. There, NFL teams love them some speed. I'm gonna go with this is just my like my guy in day three. That's Jalen Darden, the wide receiver out of North Texas, leaving North Texas as the most productive receiver that they've ever had. Le- holds school records in both in all receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. 
just absolutely came alive in 2020, despite some terrible quarterback play. You watch the, you watch his film and the ball's <laughs> barely getting to him and he's still making things happen. Shifty. If you are not talking about Jalen, Dar- if you're talking about Jalen Darden and you are not including the words shifty or elusive, you're doing it incorrectly. This guy is just able to create on his own, no matter the competition. I have no concerns about him making that jump from North Texas. Now it might take him a little bit. It might take him just a year or two to maybe even get that uh, adjusted to the NFL speed, but yet he's got plenty of speed on his own. And you brought it up in the, it was an interview that Jamar Chase was doing with the Move the Sticks podcast, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. And he was asked like, who is he training with right now? That's really catching his eye. And he pointed out, Jay, uh, I think he called him JD. He didn't know his name, but JD yeah. from North Texas. And of course, then we can say that's Jalen Darden. So when Jamar Chase, who we just finished talking about, has like the highest ceiling and is the best contested catch receiver, the wide receiver one arguably in this class, and he's pointing out Jalen Darden, like that is something to take note of. And I'm a big fan of his tape. I think that he is going to step onto an NFL field and fill a valuable slot role and someone who can just create and pick up yardage on his own. So Jalen Darden, my favorite day three wide receiver. I love it, man. I'm a big fan of Jalen Darden. He's at least one of those guys who's going to go on day three and much like, and I think he's a, a better wide receiver, you know, when you're talking about everything that, that a wide receiver encompasses route running separation hands than an Anthony Schwartz, right? I think he's a better wide receiver. Sure. Um, so he's somebody, you know, if he can find a role in the slot as a stretch slot, as somebody who can get down the field, who they can get the ball quickly to, He's one of those players who early in his career can make an impact on an NFL team and then hopefully down the line be a be a fantasy producer for us. So I like it. Absolutely. All right, let's go with our final superlative and then we're going to get to our top 10 rankings here of this class. Let's go with your guy, the my guy of this class. We did this with the running back class and you took I think you had did you have Najee Harris as your guy? I think no, had I had. E- I think I had. Uh, I think I had Elijah. I, oh, I, you had. Yeah, yeah. You had Elijah yeah, Mitchell. I think I had yep. Elijah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think you I had Elijah. Um, so let's go with your guy of this class at the wide receiver position. Who is this guy that you are standing on the table for? You're putting your name by. You're saying that this guy. You know, I, I'm putting all my chips in and saying that this guy is going to succeed in the NFL. Who is it? Yeah, I'm not going to get cute here. Uh, I'm going with the Slim Reaper, Devonte Smith, out of Alabama. He's taken a lot of criticism over being skinny. I don't care, and you shouldn't care either. hes I think he's the best receiver that Alabama has had since Amari Cooper. He's better than Henry Ruggs. I believe he's better than Jerry Judy. He's better than Jalen Waddell. His ability to contest contested catch, his route running ability, his shoulder dips, the way he creates separation – I've heard from multiple people who played uh, high-level college football, some who played in the NFL, uh, who have who have personally told me this dude is the real deal. Do not get it twisted. He's physical for his size. He's a gazelle. I mean, he eats up so much ground with his leg turnover. His hands are impeccable. Uh, if for for as skinny as he is, and people want to make the argument that he can't uh, withstand punishment, uh, he's barely missed any time in his collegiate career. Four years at Alabama, absolutely dominant. He is the player that I don't care where he lands or what anybody says. That's my dude. And there are going to be some people who are like, well, Ray, it's easy to pick a top three wide receiver in this class and say that he's your guy. But in your defense, man, you've had you've been pounding this drum for the past year. You've been saying that it maybe even longer that Devontae Smith is yeah. going to be incredibly productive that he's just going to be the dude in the NFL. So, yeah, love the call there with Devontae Smith. I'm going to go with the guy who I've got as a top five wide receiver in this class, and people think that I'm 
I almost swore on the on the podcast. I uh, <laughs> saying that I'm crazy. I uh, and that's Dwayne Eskridge, right? A wide receiver out of Western Michigan that you know we talked about him that just speed and not only is he just a pure speed guy, but he can create after the catch, but then he just creates separation at every level of the field. And that's something that I value very, very highly in my evaluation process. And that comes to at the line of scrimmage, incredibly twitchy at the line of scrimmage. The yeah. best, in my opinion, one of the best releases in this in this entire class as far as being able to get off press. And Dwayne Eskridge brings it all to the table. Now he needs to refine a little bit of his hands and he has a couple of drops that are concerning, but yet I think that that can be ironed out and I think that he's going to land in a perfect, I think he's going to get the draft capital that's going to be valuable for fantasy football. So I'm going to put my name by Dwayne Eskridge and say that he is going to be productive in the NFL. We'll see what that turns into. We'll see what his landing spot looks like here in just a few weeks. But Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver out of Western Michigan, is my guy. There it is, brother. Stand, stand on the table and pound for your guy. That's what I'm talking about, Yates. People think, people do think you're crazy, but I don't, Yates. I don't think you're crazy. And I think after he gets the draft capital, I think he's gonna be drafted relatively high, man. So hey, you gotta, you gotta trust your process and stick to what you believe and what you scout on film. And uh, that, that's all you can do. And I love the fact that you have not succumbed to the echo chamber of Twitter and you've held true to your rankings, man. I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm going to say that really quick for anyone who is like listening and either does scouting on their own or wants to get into scouting. Like this is a crucial part where do not be swayed from everything that you read on Twitter or everything that you read from other NFL analysts or anything like that. Like stick true to your process, go through it, trust in what you're trust in your eyes and what you see. And then get through that season, that next season, get through the NFL draft, see where the draft capital is. If the player that you thought you had as a top five wide receiver, he gets drafted in the sixth round. Okay, well, you might need to go back and reevaluate some things, but then get through that next year and say, okay, what can I learn from that miss? That is the way to do it. Rather than, you know, I have Terrace Marshall, and we'll talk about him in just a second. Like, I'm not very high on Terrace Marshall. Now, I get the appeal, I get the upside, but yet I think that he does have a low floor, and that's accounted for in my rankings. With all the hype that is going on on Twitter right now, I'm not adjusting. I haven't sat down and I have not adjusted my rankings. A perfect example is the quarterbacks, too. I have Zach Wilson at QB4 in this class. I have Trey Lance at QB2 right neck and neck with Trevor mm. Lawrence. I Throughout this entire process where we've seen Zach Wilson rise to QB2 and Trey Lance is now in the conversation of maybe outside the top 10, I haven't adjusted. I haven't looked at that at all. I will adjust later on. When I yeah. have the the data and information in my hand where I can say, okay, here are some holes in my process that I need to shape up, shore up, and then I'll adjust then. But do not be swayed and do not just kind of go with the wind here. Stick true to what you see, what your eyes tell you, and then uh, and we'll see what happens with it. And then you go from there, okay? All right, let's go with our top 10 rankings here. Let's go 10 through 6. Ray, I'm going to throw it to you first. Your number 10 wide receiver, count us down from 10 to 6. All right, at 10, I have Kadarius Toney out of Florida. Nine, Deami Brown, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Eight, Elijah Moore, wide receiver Ole Miss. Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. And then six, I have Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU. Okay, I have at 10, I have Deami Brown, wide receiver out of North Carolina. At nine, I have Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU. Again, I see a low floor there, but I do get the upside trying to land in the middle there. Uh, number eight, Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver, USC. Number seven, Rondale Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. And then number six, Kadarius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. Let's go five through one, Ray. 
All right, at five, I've got Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. At uh, four, Jalen Waddell, Alabama. Three, Rondell Moore, Purdue. And then at one and one, I have Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase. There is no two. I don't have two. I've got one, one, three, four, five. That's how my rankings go, and I'm sticking to it. Chase and Smith are at the top of the class for me. Very fair. All right, for me, I've got Dwayne Eskridge at wide receiver five. Rashad Bateman at number four. Devontae Smith at wide receiver three, Jalen Waddell at two, and Jamar Chase at one. I will say, though, that Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell spit out the exact same film grade for me. I'm just giving the slight edge there to Jalen Waddell, but those are essentially a tier. It's Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith in in the same tier for me. Uh, Rashad Bateman slightly below it. So, all right. So that does it for our wide receiver evaluation portion of the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We are now through running back wide receiver. We've still got to get through uh, quarterback and tight end. Of course, we will get to that before the NFL draft. We've got some mock drafts here coming up here later on uh, next week that we'll get to and, and we'll lead you right up to the NFL draft. Ray, how do you feel about the wide receiver talk that we had here, the conversation? And then uh, are you excited for what we've got moving forward? Yeah, I feel I feel good about the wide receivers. It's deep. There are players that, you know, for the most part, we had the same guys in our top 10, just in different orders, minus literally a player. You know, you're yeah. my Elijah Moore for your Dwayne Eskridge. But, I mean, I feel good about the class and moving forward. I think we're going to have a really good debate uh, about some of these quarterbacks, tight ends, maybe not so much, but we'll make it we'll make it actionable for y'all. Yeah, for sure. And I will just say, too, that I am in the process of factoring in the athletic scoring. Uh, normally I would have this done by, you know, early March, but of course with all the pro days spread out that has, you know, I'm still gathering all that information. So that order might change a little bit for me. We should do like, Ray, we should do another episode right before the NFL draft where we just go like, here are our final rankings uh, yeah. or something like that, just to make sure that we keep everyone updated. But uh, I've got big boards that come out over on fantasypros.com. I've got, you know, uh, dynasty big boards, everything like that. So if you ever have questions about my rankings and where I've got a certain player, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at KyleYNFL. You can do the same for with Ray at RayGQ. That's Q-U-E. Thank you again so much for uh, helping this podcast. Thank you so much to Reality Sports Online for sponsoring this podcast. And make sure that you guys go over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Fill out the short form there and leave a review either on Apple Podcasts or CastBox to be entered to get that Travis ETN signed football. Make sure that you do not miss out on that. For Ray Garvin, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.